what is forbidding my master? Hello, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. My name's Roger Heathers, and this is the show where my co-host Declan Kitchener and I each write a song in the space of a week and bring them to this podcast right here to talk about how we wrote the chords, the lyrics, and the structure, and all that good stuff, and how we'll develop them as well. Um, so, welcome, and hello, Declan Kitchener. Hey, how's it going, Declan? I'm awake, I'm awake. Um, sorry, what are we doing? A little peek behind the curtain there. <laughs> uh, I'm doing fine, bud. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, yeah. Um, we're back with a new, fresh couple of songs. And, and uh, one fresh presenter. <laughs> I wouldn't call me fresh. We're, do- we're doing this in the mornings now, which I don't think we used to do, did we? Uh, we kind of did it midday, but I still had to get up in the mornings when we did it IRL. Um, although this week we've had, a, well, for me, I kind of slept in this week. So ah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very lacking in energy. I've got the world's strongest coffee here to try and wake me up before you go, go. Uh, so, yeah, that that's where I'm at today. Oh, man, I remember when we used to record, um, I used to drive over to yours to record. Um, when we lived... 15 minutes. And uh, the, the amount of times I overslept and woke up and went, Ugh! you know, that horrible feeling when you look at the time. I used to get yeah. that all the time. At least you didn't have to drive an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> As Roger intimated, this... Uh, is a weekly songwriting challenge with weekly songs and we have two fresh weekly songs one of them fresher than the other uh and roger i believe it's your go to go first cool okay so my song this week is called just as it's always been oh oh <laughs> and uh we'll we'll take a listen to it cool try my best to act my age the simple life is all the rage just as it's always been the hardest part of being free is no one tells you how to be we bitch and moan and kick and scream just like we always do something I got to fix my broken heart to make the other pieces start I keep them all so far apart just like I always do I kept my head well all around my friends were rolling on the ground I barely sound just like I always do I've always been but never seen I'm looking for something I can break and I can try 
it's always been Just as it's always been Just as it's always been Well, that was lovely. That really was very pleasant. Thank you. A bit of a laid-back one, isn't it? Yeah, I kind of like you've got kind of like a soft DLO or a um, or a carpenter's vibe going on with this one, and it's it's just really pleasant. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's definitely a bit more of a laid-back one. Um, you know, I I like a lot of that. that you know, those type of songs, Irving Berlin, and that sort of stuff. That's quite pared back. You know, just vocal and accompaniment. Um, so I thought that'd be kind of fun to do. Hmm. I it it comes off really really well. Um it is. How did you go about writing this one and how uh, cuz I understand there's a bit of like a uh, bit of a rush to get it done this week. Oh yeah, well <laughs> basically um I I had a busy week last week and I I thought what I'll do is I'll leave it till Friday night, Saturday night and I'll start writing and I'll get a song done. So Saturday night rolls around and we write Monday to Sunday. So, you know, sort of the clicking, clicking talk, as I like to say, ticking clock. A clicking, a clicking talk? <laughs> Maybe a title. Um, so, yeah, I was on a, I was on a ticking clock um, to write uh, on the weekend. And so Saturday came around and I came up with this song that kind of came out all at once. But it was just acoustic guitar and me whistling. So um, I recorded that into my phone. I got kind of like a really basic verse, chorus and bridge recorded. And I thought to myself, you know what, on Sunday, I'll wake up, you know, press play on the recording, see what I had and um, basically develop that. But I woke up and tried to press play on this recording and I pressed delete instead. And because it's not like a crucial file on my phone, there's no recently deleted for voice memos. So I was like, ah, God. Not great. So, yeah. And then on Sunday, I was like, okay, well, I've got to write something fresh because at this point I have less than 24 hours left. Um, So I just started playing around in C major. Um, Just started with a completely, you know, different feel to it. And I just started, like, improvising and whistling. And I recorded... um, I recorded the first initial clip, like, just whistling on my phone, because apparently that's what I'm doing this weekend, just whistling, and I came up with basically the line... Yeah, that's the one, yeah. I basically kind of came up with that and just scattered on that for a while and just sort of came up with as many different ideas as I could, melodically mostly, but also just like little lyrical things. Um, So I knew I kind of had like a verse I liked. Once I actually like hammered that out and got the chords where I wanted them, I realized I had a a verse I liked. Not the most world-changing verse, um, but, you know, because the chords basically in that part go C, C7, F major, F minor. So that's the beginning. So you basically got a one, four, and then minor four type of thing going on there. Which mm. uh you know isn't isn't uh hugely original, but I thought it worked well with the melody I came up with. It's uh it's a lovely melody, it's a lovely set of chords, it feels very sophisticated. Cheers, yeah. I mean it's um it it definitely came together pretty easily, I think. Um, and so once I kind of got that together, let me see. The chords were kind of still vague, so like I say, I had to kind of hammer them out a little bit. Um, needed a bridge and a chorus, so I came up with this bridge where I kind of, like, it was a lot more rhythmic, and it kind of would have provided, like, a much more, like, uh, upbeat feel to the song. And I think it would have, like, asked for drums, you know, called for drums. Um, but I ended up dropping that and just kind of strumming these chords on the bridge, um, A minor, D7, D minor. And then I've been listening to a little bit of uh, Gilbert O'Sullivan this week because I bought um, a uh, compilation of his music the other day. And, of course um, you have. Well, you know. And there's, there's this one chord in um, Alone Again, Naturally, 
which I shall play to you. Um, and it's just the whole chord progression for Alone Again naturally is a masterclass in chord writing. But um, this one particular chord he plays, he goes F minor over D, and it sounds like this. I just, I've always liked that one. So I thought I'd include that in my bridge. So after the D minor, it goes to F minor over D and then a G7 to kind of take you back into the verse. You can make that F minor over D argument that it's maybe sounds like a D diminished seven. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could, couldn't you? The same notes. I prefer F minor over D, though. It's certainly easier for me to wrap my head around personally. Um, but yeah, I thought I'd definitely include that because, oh man, I just want to, you know, give flattery to Alone Again naturally because the chords and the lyrics are just amazing. You just jump up onto your roof and just start procre- uh, proclaiming like a town cry, Hear ye, hear ye, <laughs> I, I say to all peoples gathered here today that this one chord in this one Gilbert O'Sullivan song is pretty damn tasty. <laughs> oh, man. It, but the thing is, I'd have the police outside in no time at all. If I started talking about a song which describes a man climbing up a tower to jump off and I was doing that from my roof, I think people would be concerned. <laughs> you got the perfect response in, it's 2020, though. <laughs> <laughs> Let him off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, isn't he just doing what we're all thinking? <laughs> And um and then I was messaging you, Declan, once I had sort of my general verse, you know, da 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 sort of part and a bridge. Um I I came up with some other parts too, um, just as a quick sideline. Came up with this chorus, which um is in one of my iPhone voice notes, um, for just like me scatting my way through the song. just like a little weak and kind of vague because i felt like the verse had this melody that was uh conducive to like writing lyrics around and like was a little bit stronger but the chorus wasn't so i ended up not having a chorus in this song which um which is a bit a little strange but anyway i was i was <gasps> i was um messaging you and you were saying oh, i have a song and i was like oh man declan's got a song okay um, which surprised me because you'd started writing earlier in the day just to give a little bit of a timeline on this i think around midday you posted something on instagram saying you'd started writing Plus, I knew that you'd been writing the day before. I had to wait until I got home t- from work to write, uh, which meant I got home about seven. I had my song done by about half eight. Hmm. And I assumed you'd have been long finished by that time. Ah, uh, no, no, I I wasn't on the ball this week. Well, I was just busy this week, I suppose. But but yeah, so you had your song and then I was messaging you or and also posting on Instagram as well. I don't have a song and... <laughs> That was funny, wasn't it? Um, uh, we were we were children on Instagram, but it was funny. That was a laugh. I enjoyed that. Um, in uh, but yeah, uh, what did I do next? So yeah, anyway, so I had like the verse and the general chords and melody all recorded into my phone, but without lyrics, which is unusual for me because usually I do lyrics at the same time, but I hadn't this time. And so Sunday night was essentially spent among other things, um, just writing verse after verse of this song, which I must say was actually quite um, fruitful in terms of, like, coming up with lyrics I like, you know, um, because I was writing to the same rhythm each time, da-da, 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 you know, and kind of had a general theme in mind. Um, I was able to come up with, like, I think about six verses, six different verses from which I could cherry-pick my favourite ones, which I think is something I'm going to do more often if I have time. That's interesting. I might have to steal that idea because that would solve a lot of my problems with my songs. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it really did, it does help, I think, because like, some of the first ones, first verses I came up with for my song, I was like, okay, it fits, but like, I wasn't very proud of it. You know, I don't think I would have been proud to, to record it like that. Um, but, 
But yeah, I mean, so there's not much chordally going on there, um, apart from, uh, so it's in C major, largely diatonic, like I say, the F minor over D from the Gilbert O'Sullivan song, which I put in the bridge, I was quite pleased with. Um, And then the minor four, I think the minor four plays a big role in this song, Um, the minor four being C, D, E, F, and then F minor rather than F major, which would be diatonic, kind of, like, gives a little bit of that, like, old-school feel. Um, you know, the Beatles used that chord change a lot, didn't they? And, um, and so everyone j- who was influenced by the Beatles used that chord change a lot, so, like, Yellow, Oasis, uh, who else are we going to name? <laughs> Cheap Trick, Elliot Smith. Yeah, anyone who uh, defines themselves as Beatlesque. Can I just say, like, the amount of artists who are influenced by the Beatles and shit and, like, wear it on their sleeve and how different those artists are is just such a testament to how good the Beatles were. The fact you can have, like, Cheap Trick and Elliot Smith, who are completely different. And then and... have ELO and then have... Yeah, totally. And then have Bloody Oasis on top of it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a fan. I don't know if that comes across. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. <laughs> <laughs> But um, but yeah, so that minor four is very Beatles esque, and um, I mean, if you've heard, you know, Declan and I talk about stuff like that before, you know, we talk about that all the time, don't we? Yeah, I mean, we're Beatles fanboys as well, so you know, it's all fun, it's all games. I, I, do you remember the first time you heard a minor four? It would either have been in an ABBA song or a Queen song, but I wouldn't have known it was a minor four. Mm. Same. I mean, that's the thing, because we don't know it technically, like, when we're younger, but my one was Nowhere Man by the Beatles, because um, my mum always used to really like the bit. This was when I was, like, a little, little kid. Uh, Nowhere Man, could you see me at all? He's as blind as he can be Just sees what he wants to see I think the first time yeah. I would have like understood that it was a slightly different version of something would probably have been in You're My Best Friend. Like the, oh, you're my best friend. Uh, before it goes into the chorusy bit. Oh, yeah. But it is it is a powerful thing. I think it kind of it's quite visceral in that you don't need to know music theory to just listen to a song with a minor four in it, unbeknownst to like if you don't know music theory, and it just hits you and it goes, oh, that's you know, it changes the tone quite a lot. Well, it's a I think. songwriting cliche, but there's a reason it's a songwriting cliche is because it's bloody effective. Definitely, and it is a cliche, but it's not quite as cheesy a cliche as the truck driver cliche. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we! I need to try and figure how to put that one into one of my songs one day, just to go full unabashed seventies. Ran out of ideas. <laughs> it's a song. It's a song. Two semitones up. <laughs> oh man, it's such a corny move, but it's so cool. Um, <clears throat> but uh, since you've been gone, my rainbow uses it, so that makes it fine in my book. Oh, that's such a good song, and and yeah. uses it so well. Cover version though. Yeah, unfortunately, because um, the rest of the album doesn't quite hold up to that single, in my humble opinion. Yeah, you can tell the rest of the album was written by a rock group, but that was, writ- but that song was written by a pop artist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, there's like a difference in like sophistication there, isn't there? And and just like how catchy and like hummable the song is and everything. And it's just like, hmm. Sorry, Rainbow, if you're listening. We do love you. We just like that song slightly more than you. <laughs> we have feelings for that one particular song. <laughs> oh, we like Deep Purple as well. That's cool, though. We certainly do. Um, so I've actually made notes, which I think I've covered the majority oh, blimey. of. Blimey, this but, guy's on form today. But I think the thing is, because I got to, like, spend some time and write, you know, like I was saying, like five or six verses or so... I was able to actually kind of get a theme together that was a little bit more nuanced um, and detailed than I would normally do. Um, So, I mean, 
the song is generally about a kind of a feeling of n- missing out um, in terms of relationships and love and sex and all this sort of thing, particularly when I was younger. Um, and <clears throat> I have never really written a song so blatantly about that before, but it felt quite pertinent just through the way the lyrics sort of came out, you know, while I was writing them. Dude's turning into Fleetwood Mac over here. Hey, <laughs> now all I need is... How many 70s artists can I reference in one <laughs> podcast? <laughs> I think we're up to over five now. This is good. At least. Van Halen. Um, oh, that's sad news. I know. Rest in peace, Van Halen. Truly mm. a really unique musician. Probably the person who made the biggest impact on guitar playing after Jimi Hendrix, I would say. Because Jimi Hendrix changed absolutely everything, and I think the only person who came close afterwards is Van Halen. Definitely, in, like, taking where the instrument could go, you know. Like, like as as much as there is a pre-Hendrix, post-Hendrix, there is kind of like a pre-Van Halen, post-Van Halen, in terms of how rock guitar is played. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Sorry, I cut you off in the middle of the... Um... Uh, thought process there. You were talking about how you'd not been this emotionally honest in your lyrics before. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely think it's something I've skirted around writing about. Um, You know, just like uh, the idea of wanting to be in love, wanting to be intimate, but having a fear about that. That's basically what it's about. Um, And just exploring that through... I was listening to an audiobook in the bath on Sunday before I wrote the song. And in the book, they were talking about um, a bird that couldn't leave the nest. And I thought that was in terms of like getting to know people and like becoming close with people and that sort of thing. I could use that as a metaphor to to illustrate what I just described. So it's a um, strong image. Yeah, and I, I was going to, like, use it in all the verses. Because the, in verse three, I talk about, you know, in spite of all the things we say, the other birds have flown away, and the type of bird that learns to fly has broader beak and wings than I, and that sort of stuff. So I, I was thinking, wonder where that came from. That could be, like, the whole song. But what I kind of went into is, like, just exploring the lyrical topic in, like, <clears throat> a few different ways. So verse three is, like, literally uh metaphor, I suppose. Um Verse one... um this is where I was like, oh, shall I make it all about um, these flightless birds, so to speak? Because um, the very first lyric, step into my open cage. So, like, bird cage, it could be implied. But then that's the thing. I think sometimes, for me, it's good to, like, leave some loose threads that could potentially be joined to other lyrics rather I than think, making it overly implicit, you know? Well, I think uh, one of the strengths of a sort of song like this is that it does bring in this strong imagery from time to time, but it doesn't rely on one set of strong imagery and one metaphor to sort of drag it through to completion, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, I'm quite impressed that you managed to come up with like these quite sophisticated lyrics all while you were counting down to midnight to finish the song, because you did not finish this song until 2359. <laughs> and I absolutely hate you for that. I, like... Oh, it, you're a terrible person and you're very talented and you're my best friend, but I hate you. <laughs> oh, I was trying to have fun with that because, like, for, for those of you who didn't see, on our Instagram Weekly Song Podcast, um, we don't, like, normally post a hell of a lot, but it was getting close to the deadline. And I was like, what what things can I post that I'm doing? that aren't lyric writing. So I was, like, eating tacos and watching a movie and all this different Meanwhile, stuff. I've- Meanwhile, I was just on my end, like, okay, well, I've got the clock. I can, like, take a picture of that. And I've got my little model TARDIS. I can take a picture of that. (laughs) (laughs) Anything to do with, like, hurry the fuck up, Roger. Oh, dude, that's got to be, like, some kind of new uh, tradition. Like, if it gets to within an hour of the deadline, we're on Instagram, like, (laughs) posting our (laughs) updates. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the thing is, like... I was kind of surprised because I was feeling jokey while I was writing the lyrics because of what we were we were doing, the back and forth. I, I did hope I wasn't throwing you off your game with all of the stupidness. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, you know, all that aside, like, when you really want to write, you kind of close your phone for a second and, you know, and get in there. But um, but really, it was just a case of, like, filling in the beats. You know, like, once you got the melody established, and this is the thing I'm starting to realise with writing the lyrics afterwards, is... 
once you got the melody and the rhythm established, you're kind of just like going da 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 da. You're like, okay, I need that many syllables, so it's kind of yeah, easier to kind of fill them in. It kind of becomes almost this academic process of like, uh, okay, well, I have seven, I could maybe budge in like a ghost syllable, like then have eight, but you can just do that anywhere in the house. You don't need to be like with your guitar to do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is funny, actually, because sometimes I'm with the guitar trying to fill it in lyrics. I can't come up with anything. I get stuck at a certain line. And then I'll I'll go around the house, make a cup of coffee, go for a walk or whatever I need to do. And then by doing that, my brain sort of like is able to produce more lyrics or something. And it's so funny how quick they come sometimes. Like you can be stuck on one particular line for ages and then you take a break, come back, and all of a sudden, just it just comes out in like one second. Isn't that strange? Yeah, which it is it's kind of odd, uh, considering like how sort of thematically strong you, the end product can end up being. It's just like okay, this is two, the work of two distinct uh, writing sessions, but it actually comes together as one cohesive whole. It's just like oh, okay, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I had that when I was, because listening to it for the podcast today, like obviously after I've written it, um, I was listening to a line that I didn't think made very good um, grammatical or sentence structure sense. The one I go, I kept my head while all around my friends were rolling on the ground. Um, and then I realized, oh, right, actually, that could be read as friends with an apostrophe after the S, like all my friends' heads were rolling on the ground. And I didn't kind of write it like that, and I was kind of, like, a bit self-conscious about that line. Um, that was a strong one, I felt. I, that was something that made me perk up and go, hmm, what's my head doing? To be to be fair, I must say... Um, <laughs> what's my head doing? I must say that... Where's it gone? I can't take credit for that line, really, because it's kind of based on a Rudyard Kipling quote from the poem If... Um, Jesus, you are getting all the high class uh, stuff in this song this week, aren't you? Yeah, well, well, you know, only that one little thing, and, and I can't take credit for it. You know, Roger get... is high art now; he must not be disturbed. <laughs> he goes, um, "If you can keep your head while all around are losing theirs," and uh, I've always liked that line. I've actually never read the entire poem, to be honest with you, but I've always oh. liked that particular one. I need to read some Roger Kipling at some point. I want to read. I want to read more poetry. We should read more poetry. Yeah, maybe we could get some decent lyrics out of our songs for a change. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like that one this week. But that's a really strong song. I love Thanks, it. bud. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So that's about all for my song this week. Um, Declan, should we take a listen to yours? If we must. <laughs> uh, my song this week is. What's it called? I think it's called "I Can't Wait." Uh, and it goes like this. Feel all the seasons coming forward. Time running empty in my hands. Cold wind blowing all around me. And colder to come, you understand. The sign on the door isn't working. The bulb blew half an hour ago. Spending the hours bloody counting. Zero is what you hope to show I can't wait I won't try Oh no I can't get back I hate more than living cycles Juggling several at a time All of the jobs I haven't got done They form up a never-ending line Resting in fear of the alarm bell Waking to uninviting chill Dreading every ticking second Help me, I need to find the will I can Okay. No. 
podcast over here, I suppose. Very, very nice. That's um, I Can't Wait, Declan's song this week. I Can't Wait, is that the correct title? Uh, let's say yes. <laughs> no, but really like that. It's really cool. It's um, The first thing I thought when I heard it is uh, you must have used a lot of chromatic movement to write it. Is that true? Well, the riff is basically chromatic descending. Um, the verse alternates between... I'm playing the song on a uh, guitar that's detuned two semitones, but the shapes I'm playing are D and E. Mm. So you start on the D uh, and then you do a chromatic rundown from D to G sharp. Like do 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 do. Which just neatly transitions between the two chords. Uh, You do that three times and you have an F sharp minor uh, with a run up from A to D sharp. Because it's the same amount of notes each way. But then that means you can end on a B uh, for the second section. Uh, and yeah, you continue that chromatic thing in the chorus when you've got the you've got an F sharp major, you've got the rising fifth on that, and then you've got E flat minor to E flat major to G sharp minor. Sorry. It's <laughs> got a load of chords to remember off the top of my head. Um but yeah, that was just trying to sort of make something that wasn't necessarily a standard one, four, and five, and you know something that would be a bit more interesting to have in the background. I'm not sure I would have necessarily done that again because the way it's constructed means that um, the only melody I could think of to sing over the top of it was the actual riff. And I don't know if you ever tried singing a chromatic riff going downwards. <laughs> it's difficult. It's it, it, it's not not a lot of fun. Oh man! Did it make lyric writing a bit of a challenge as well, or uh, not so much the lyric writing? It's just like uh, trying to keep everything in time with that very definite rhythm. The do 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 do. Because um, if you've got like a word starting on the wrong part of that phrase, mm. and you have to shove in an extra syllable there, or like because uh, I had that. Um, on the last line of verse three, like all of the jobs that haven't got done, the original one was form a never ending line, but that just was really difficult to keep that in time with the ascending rise. You had to sh- uh, shove in another word like form up a never ending line. Oh, right. So that it actually rolled off uh, more in with the rhythm of the song. God, that uh, sounds like. Um... Yeah, because it's kind of got to be tailor-made to fit each um, number of syllables as well, I imagine. Yeah, it's not like uh, where you have a song that's got more of a uh, sort of slower, looser feel where you can actually play around with how many syllables are in each bit or you can sort of be a bit more fast and loose with like where each line begins and stops. Like With something as quick and as um, strict as this, it has to be right. Like, there is no way that you could sort of play off having too many syllables and doing like a uh like a uh, that sort of thing mm-hmm. at the end of a word melissima i think i want to call that technique i'm not sure i'm not sure uh editor deck will probably jump in with the right word about here that was very close. It's actually melisma, which is uh, the practice of singing multiple notes over one syllable of text. Think Whitney Houston's version of And I Will Always Love You, where the note continues to change on the same word. Right, back to the show. He's Thank good. you, Editor Deck. Yeah, he, he knows his stuff. <laughs> He's got access to Google. Um, yeah, so I sort of was telling a wee bit of a fib when I said earlier that I started writing on Sunday at 7 o'clock I did actually take my guitar into work uh, for a couple of days but I didn't manage to get anything written on the Saturday I had half an hour's lunch break on Sunday so I ended up coming out of the main course, uh, chorus and verse chords uh, then 
Mm-hmm. So when I got home, it was more a case of like bolting the different bits together and putting the words on top and working out where exactly the vocal sat, um, which was a challenge. And it's a challenge I completely failed uh, because, <laughs> as you can tell in the final song, the vocal just literally follows the instruments, which, um, you know, it's that's the thing about doing chromatic uh, writing is that it makes it very difficult to do rely on like standard harmonizing techniques because you harmony and uh the notes in a scale work on the presumption that you haven't got all these odd notes in the way (laughs) right (laughs) which when you've got them all like one after another like flying uh down the scale it's just like oh okay i guess we're going along for the ride then (laughs) i think like at that point you haven't got like a lot of options as what to do but the thing is that's not a bad thing necessarily it's like you look at a song like black sabbath's iron man and i think if ozzy osbourne was to sing anything other than I think it would have been a bit jarring so I think it's the right choice to make I think yeah it depends on the circumstance um uh what was I gonna say oh uh, yeah the reason it ends up being played on a guitar that's tuned to semitone is actually because of the um way the second bit of the chorus is structured one second, I'm just going to grab my guitar. So, as I mentioned before, it is a E flat. This is going to be on the lower tune guitar, but it's an E flat minor to an E flat major to a G uh, G sharp minor. And what you've got in there is a bit of voice leading. So the highest note each time is uh, um. Uh, so that's what voice leading is. Yeah, it's kind of voice leading is when you've got like your actual melody on the top of your chord. So that would mean like, sorry to like digress a little bit here, but would that mean like voice leading could involve like inverting chords sometimes? Yes. Okay. Uh, That's kind of like the most common way you end up using voice leading. Um, And because of the way that bit is structured and also the... With the highest note being the ascendant uh, fifth, you end up wanting the vocal line to follow that, so it actually moves. I can wait. I don't try. Because it's the most satisfying uh, thing you can put on top of it. The only trouble is that if you were to play this in standard tuning, the top note would be a G sharp. Which, in this case, which, you know, an actual G-sharp sounds like this. And you can tell that I can't actually <laughs> get up there. Like, I've, the highest note I can comfortably achieve has always been uh, F-sharp. I can push to a G if I'm having a really good day. But, hmm. like, that's, like, once in a blue moon. Ah, I'm knocking a thing over. It, do, it does feel important, though, doesn't it, to, like, write within your range. And it's something that took me years to learn. I don't know about you, but I just... I used to write wherever I wanted, and these days I kind of go, oh, OK, I seem to sing better here, so I'll make sure the song's... Yeah. Well, it's normally a case that I end up writing a riff in a key that I like, and then having to move it up or down, depending on where the vocal line goes, hmm. uh, so that it stays captured within my top range. Uh, the only reason I ended up detuning the guitar this time is because I already had a guitar detuned because um, I was mucking about with some other stuff earlier in the week. Um, had I not, I probably would have found a way of doing that riff played a semitone down. But the thing is, uh, that initial riff relies so much on the open strings that mm. it's a bit of a nightmare to try and do it any other way. Also... Uh, I realised when I got home, because originally the riff was a lot slower and it was in D and E as opposed to C and D. And I ended up realising that it kind of reminded me of something else. And I couldn't figure out what it was for absolutely ages until I realised. Because it's originally at that speed. Yeah, it's just kind of like... (laughs) Yeah, he didn't want to suddenly uh, end up thinking of a line that goes, Rebel, rebel, she's on your mind. Actually, yeah, anyway. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that is a, it's a t- 
tough one, isn't it? Um, where you come up with a part of a song and you go, oh, crap, that's like something else. I had that with my song this week, with, and I ripped off a bit of one of your songs um, in my bridge, so I had to change my oh! bridge a little bit. But, um, you but, scoundrel, you cat, you fiend. I know, right? But it shows we're having a, an influence on each other here. Um, songwriting Which one was it, by the way? <laughs> I'll have to get back to you, but it was exactly the ah. same. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, this isn't about my song, this is about your song. So, so once you had that much, what was the next stage? Uh, the next stage was speeding up so it didn't sound like David Bowie. Um, <laughs> which is why it's doing... <laughs> Um, that's part of sort of trying to work out what a rough structure could be, uh, which is actually where I actually variated a little bit from my normal way I put songs together in that you have two verses, a chorus, two verses, a second chorus. So that's an extra verse and a chorus you've got in there already. Hmm. A bridge and then a final chorus. Because normally what I tend to do is two verses, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus, uh, because I like being contrary. Um, and once I figured out that the bridge was literally just going to be the riff, something that you could sort of just pedal on for ages, I thought, okay, time to get some words into this thing. Uh, at which point all my gloom and misery uh, started pouring out of my soul and onto the page. And uh, I, 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 I hope I'm not depressing you guys. <laughs> that which is personal is universal. You've got you to be honest uh, in your lyrics. Yeah. Mm, yeah so i was wearing my marvin the paranoid android shirt as well while i was uh writing these lyrics just to get really into character <laughs> get in the zone um so essentially a lot of the lines ended up coming out born of like frustration of the new normal as it were mm-hmm. like born out of frustration of this sort of quasi back to normal but not really back to normal but also just general, like, being annoyed at work or being annoyed at life. Um, also recognising that, you know, the way things are, the way they are at the moment is because of choices of uh, people who you have no power to influence or situations beyond your control. Uh, and just just that, basically. This is a very on-brand song for me, I feel. Uh, so like for example uh, you've got um, feeling the season's coming forward time running empty in your hands you sort of feel like you're accelerating throughout the year without having gotten anything done spending the hours bloody counting zero is what you hope to show like when you're on the door of a shop and you're having to count all the people in and out and praying to god when like uh, you have like a group of six and a group of five come in that you've managed to count it correctly Mm. Uh, and just uh, you end up living two sorts of lives. One, in, like your lockdown life, where you actually had loads of free time and you didn't have these responsibilities. Then you have your work life, which isn't quite back to normal and it's not as intensive as it was before, but it sort of rubs up against the other one, if that makes sense. Makes a lot of you, sense. And then, like, you have, like, your life as in cre- creative endeavours, which you're trying to progress forward, which yeah you've got three of those sort of lifestyles that you're trying to balance all at once and it never goes well and also uh, it's been a while since I've written a song about how I hate getting out of bed so that's what verse 4 is all about Uh, resting in fear of the alarm bell waking up to an inviting chill dreading every ticking second help me I need to find a will I Uh, I I can see where that comes from I think it's a great set of lyrics that it communicates that so well you know yeah um <laughs> i don't know it's they f- they feel a bit rushed to me uh but then you've got the chorus like i can't wait i won't try oh no i won't get by uh the first the last two bits are very simple but like the first two uh lines could do with like a parenthesis afterwards i can't wait for death I won't try <laughs> to better myself. <laughs> I should stress that I'm actually I'm not actually waiting for death, but <laughs> I, <laughs> like I can't wait for like some way to shake up the situation that we're in, or like uh, mollify the negative effects, or just kind of 
I don't know. I can't wait for some agent of change. And whether that is like my own death, that 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 could be fun. I no. mean, it'd be it'd be it'd be something to write home about. Except I wouldn't be able to because I'd be dead. But you know, you know, it's. Um... <laughs> I feel you. I feel you, bud. I. Uh, um, but it'll change. It'll change. Things will change. And Hopefully. then you've got like the bridge there. You've got like the hey, okay, no, no way. Which <laughs> is kind of uh, cheesy oh, as all. <laughs> I I really like that part. So. Like, you need like a singer who's actually got more of a dominant personality and who feels less embarrassed by putting things like that into his own songs. So, like, tell me if I'm overthinking here, but the um, you know, the hey, okay part, like spoken part, almost was what? What's the kind of meaning there, or am I it's, just overthinking it? It's just it, for fun. it means it means hey, are you okay? And no. then an answering voice says no. No way. That's kind of the level of um, sophistication that we're dealing with. We we can't all put Roger Kipling quotes into our songs, Roger. Um, <laughs> I I, you know, there, there's there's a quota on those on this podcast, and you used up that quota. So <laughs> the, the quote quota, <laughs> the highbrow quota. Um, you just leave me to write songs about depression and being very sad and being very frustrated, and that's fine. That's fine, you know. You know, someone's got to cover that territory. May as well be me. <laughs> it's been a hard year, to be fair, and um, oh. you know there are challenges that come with that. Um, oh. I'm I'm just glad we can still do the podcast and and all that sort of thing. But it, things things will improve. I'm glad that we still have this outlet. Yeah, um, it's it. I kind of feel that I've been wanting to write a song about frustration for a while. So now that I've got this out there, hopefully I can be cheery next week. Cut to <laughs> next week. I wrote a song about how I'm never going to feel happy again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I keep laughing at it, it will make it better. Um... <laughs> oh, mate, I feel for you. We're, we're here for you, buddy. I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. People don't know you're joking, though. People write in. <laughs> Oh, good, we can get some more emails. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel that's probably as much as I can say about the creative process on that one, unless there's anything you want to ask or add. I can't think of anything off the top of my head apart from to say that I really like it, and I think what you did with making it chromatic rather than just strumming and singing, I think it kind of created a song which... I can't easily point the influences off, if that makes sense, which I think is a really good thing. Well, that's the that's the trick of speeding it up so it doesn't sound like David Bowie. That's kind of that's a hundred percent success rate so far. Well, Brian, now I know that. I'm just gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna slow write... down. I'm gonna slow down all your songs, and then I'll have a new copy of Ziggy Stardust. My <laughs> <laughs> golly, pause when you slow it down. Sounds like Life on Mars. <laughs> It's kind of like when you play a record backwards and hear the devil. Actually, I say that. um, Aaron the Sea kind of is influenced by life on Mars. (laughs) Oh, no, it all comes out, doesn't it? Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, dear. I'm in trouble. What's next? Um, uh, Go on. We're we're waiting for this quote. Come on. Paul's is influenced by changes. Changes! Um, no, you, no, you fool! It's influenced by Queen Bitch, obviously. <laughs> but um, but no, yeah. Again, really like your song this week, and um, and well done, well done, well done. Really like it, mate. It's great. F- thank you. That that's um, cheers. So we've actually had a couple of emails in this week, uh, which is nice. We like having a couple of emails. We'll read the second one next week. We've had our first one in from John Key, regular writer to the podcast, uh, and it's titled Little Vliss and That. Uh, So here goes. It's great. I get to use my uh, posh acting voice. He writes, first the this. I found your video, uh, which he's referring to when we mentioned last time that we have uh, videos out on YouTube. Uh, he's actually linked us to a Yu-Gi-Oh! video of two characters called Roger and Declan. Very uh, energetic. 
Can I just say that was really surreal to open up when I got the email? <laughs> it opened up this thing saying Declan versus Roger, and it was an anime fight scene. I was like, what? is going on <laughs> but anyway <laughs> but i finally got it anyway <laughs> yeah it, it took a second just like i don't remember this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i would I, sh- I should do i was there um i was expecting more of the uh i was expecting something a bit more of the podcast format though i did find some podcast episodes on youtube i don't think i realized i could find you on youtube but unfortunately the episodes were showing up in random order i might be missing something obvious like subscribe to channel and play in order i'll go back and look when i have a moment uh, I should point out that we only have a few uh, episodes of the podcast on YouTube, and a lot more of the stuff we have up there is like ancillary stuff. Um, also, I'm in charge of the YouTube, so that's why there's barely anything on there, um, because I'm terrible at my job. To be uh, fair, just to chime in there, I think we would like all the episodes on YouTube, but it's just the two of us and between editing and blah 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 and work and all that stuff it's kind of difficult to take the time to do that but one day we will i mean there's a reason why you only get like the albums we like stuff during downtime is Mm -hmm. that i actually have the time then in the week to be able to do things like that Uh, i need to do more of those because i enjoy making those um Mm. anyway back to the email now for the that i've been meaning to tell you guys you have the best songwriting podcast out there I feel pretty confident making the claim now that I've listened to more than a half dozen podcasts and spent a bit more than a year searching for ones about music and songwriting. Don't think I'm joking either. I found lists online, top 20, top 10 music slash songwriting podcasts out there. Some are just no longer around. They've literally disappeared. Some have brave rocking intro music, but none have the interest level, substance and entertainment value of your show. Sadly, I don't think I've seen yours in any of the lists I've searched for. Maybe just doesn't have the marketing or listenership established. But it's clear to me that this is a lack of marketing and not a quality of product. Don't think I'm offering empty flattery. The real value of the show is writing new songs every week, which is hard, and sharing them with the world, which is hard. Sharing the creative process in that raw format is brilliant and not easy, and that's what makes it tons better than any show that just interviews guests. By the way, I found a few other music podcasts worth a listen. One is Song Exploder, which is just came out with a Netflix show. Wait, Song Exploder has a Netflix show now? When I read that, I was like, I have to watch that show. That sounds because I, you and I both love Song Exploder. So I've listened to a few episodes. I really, I'm, I might have to pirate Netflix now because <laughs> I'm not paying for the damn thing. Um, it's great. It's particularly good. Ugh. It's particularly good when you know and like the song they're exploding. Another decent one is Soda Jerker, and there's one called Song Talk Radio that airs on a station in Canada and also releases as a podcast. I think I've also mentioned Political Beats before. It's not really instructive as far as songwriting goes, but great for learning in-depth about the bands they feature. However, if you're like I was a year ago and have a desire to learn the creative song process of songwriting, there's none better. Please tell me if I'm wrong. I'd love to find another. I've been looking for a while. Thanks, John Key. Thank you for writing that one in, John Key. Uh, that, yeah, thanks, uh, we John. Do, oh, we, love, we love flattery. Um, it makes us feel all warm and cosy inside after a song like this week. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels so good to have a correspondence and um and such a nice thoughtful email it's really sweet cheers john yeah that's it's really lovely to hear um i can't think of any other songwriting podcasts i mean uh the only other podcast i listen to is musical splaining and that's not songwriting at all um have you come across any in your travels uh roger and in, in your in your voyages across the internet no, I haven't, and um, I'm a pretty big, big podcast listener. I mean, I listen to the ones uh, that you suggested there, John, and um, Song Exploder is the one I really like. But even that doesn't really talk about, like, I mean, it, it touches on it, but it doesn't really go into, like, this is how we wrote the chords for the verse. Like, this is how we, like, from scratch wrote a song. So, it's, yeah. Song Exploder is more like exploding the production of a song. Um, yes. You do get instances where, like, people talk about the chords they've come up with i remember there was i think a weezer episode where they were talking about how they have chord sequences that they like ripped from other songs they sort of randomize those in the list and then like uh put them in new styles and like uh create new songs out of them but most of the time it does seem to be like okay well i had this song written already and then mm. we decided to put cajon on it, and then we decided to put, uh, you know, hand claps or this, that, and the other. Mm. Yeah, I think I think uh, 
I mean, to be fair, we haven't done like extensive research, but I th- as far as I know, in the small amount of looking I've done, I think uh, there's not many other podcasts which actually look at the craft of songwriting, like from scratch, for example. Um, I mean, but, yeah. I, I, you do mention that uh, we maybe don't uh, market this as much as um, we could, and I'd just like to bring our marketing team to the fore. So if uh, you could just get the marketer from your end and I'll get the marketer from mine. Of course, yeah. Hello. Hello, you're right. I'm the, I'm the marketer for uh, Weekly Song Podcast. Yeah, well, what, what kind of leads have you been getting recently, then? Um, none, because they don't exist. Yeah, I know, I posted on Reddit, like, twice, and uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I mean, we are terrible with marketing this thing, I will say. Um, we're we're yeah. okay at writing songs. We're terrible it's... at everything else. <laughs> what we really need is someone else to like actually push this thing out there into the wild world. Um, but the fact that we do get like uh, as many listeners as we do is just purely down to word of mouth. Uh, and mm. I'm very surprised that we get as many listeners as we do because it is just two idiots talking about songs they write in their spare time. Definitely. Um, but I'd love, I'd love for there to be more listeners. But I'm very thankful for the listeners we have, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, the thing is, like, I still think of this podcast, Declan. I don't know about you, but I still think of this podcast as you and I having a chat every week about the songs we've written, and the fact that we look at the statistics from time to time and go, "Oh, we have listeners!" Like, and when we get emails, it's like such a vindication and so nice to feel connected to people. And um, Cause so, I so think... yeah. Because I think because we're so divorced from the audience side of things in the sense that, um, you know, we don't perform this live. We don't, uh, like, regularly, like, have meetups or anything. Or uh, we don't, like, hold competitions or we don't have a Patreon or we don't have anything like that. It can still feel sometimes like when we did the first episode and we ended up getting, what was it, five or six like listens in the week before we did the next one, mm. which when you compare that to now and we do actually have correspondence coming in and we do have like hundreds of listens and everything. And you sort of like go back to the SoundCloud every t- every so often. And you just think, oh, wow. OK, <laughs> people are paying attention. This is lovely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And it makes you want to kind of write better and you know give a show that's worth listening to and all that sort of thing exactly. um yeah yeah um as for um wait what else did uh what else did john mention there because he mentioned about the uh other podcast that was kind of it really wasn't it i suppose that's that was it uh yeah he was mentioning about a few other ones like soda joker song talk radio i do uh, political beats i do need to find out whether song exploded does actually have a you know proper tv show now because that sounds so interesting sounds great doesn't it um yeah uh yeah, basically what we're that. saying is that, that if you want a higher standard of professionalism and you uh maybe don't want the two idiots like jabbering back and forth uh, why not abandon this podcast and go to one of our direct competitors? <laughs> <laughs> oh, please don't. We love you. We uh, <laughs> they can like, listen all to facetious... them. Oh yeah, you can listen to both. That's fine. But like all facetiousness aside, like we do genuinely appreciate every listen. We do appreciate correspondence, and you know, we appreciate you taking time out of your day which you could be spending doing anything you like and listening to the two of us being us, quite frankly. I don't think there's another way of saying that. <laughs> Definitely. I feel like sometimes I feel like we have a little weekly song family and that feels good. A little mm. little, a little group of us who like to write songs and talk about that. Because that's the thing, like, if you bend the ear of the other people in your life about songwriting to this extent, I think people get a little annoyed. So to have some kind of medium and outlet to do that, I think is um, good for us and our loved ones. <laughs> well, this is kind of like basically this whole thing sort of spiralled out of when we used to meet up and we used to sit around a piano and we used to go, oh, have you checked this song? It's got this really cool thing in it. It's got this one. You do this, that and the other. And it's it's a conversation that we loved having, but it's a conversation that we could have with many other people. 
I Van remember. Dyke. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Because, like, like, you know, we were thinking, like, there must be other people interested in this stuff because we both are, and we came to it independently. Like, we didn't know each other until, like, uh, a couple of years before we started doing the podcast, by which point we were both already writing songs. That uh, was That was the great feeling as well of, like, talking to you about songs and obviously like when you find out somebody else likes music you go oh cool what are you into oh you like the beatles nice sweet you know but then when i started going i love it when in a song they do this chord and you went yeah yeah absolutely and in this other song they do this i was like oh my god you speak the same language as me (laughs) that was the first time i'd ever really had that with like the way songs are constructed i've never really spoken to anybody else about that stuff before yeah it's a it's very rare to have that i think you may have been like the first proper one for me as well like because uh, we met up with a few other people in Cornwall afterwards who were able to understand the language of song structure and uh, you know chord sequences and like uh, theory and all of that and we ended up having a lot of them on the podcast uh, but it, it is just nice to sort of know that there is an audience who cares about this stuff uh, and who listens to us week after week and is not put off by the weird stuff that we do yeah i think um with this show that's the thing with like this show compared to something like song exploder with song exploder you go in and like you're getting a pretty polished product whereas when you come into the weekly song podcast like we have a format but you have to take us or leave us because we're we're not like trying to be like hi there welcome to the weekly song podcast you know like that we we, we can't be uber professional like um part of the aesthetic of our show is that we are both a pair of absolute idiots (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which you think is um, a pretty good selling point for a show <laughs> yeah come listen to the show by the guys who have no idea how to make a show <laughs> bungling fools <laughs> oh that could be like um if uh anyone involved in the creation of the show is a bumbling fool you could just have like a little lanyard that says that well our fact, we already do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but um Again, thank you, John. Really appreciate the email. And, um, and you know, like Declan was saying, we always appreciate emails and, um, you know, send something in. Send something we in. seek validation. We're so desperately lonely. We want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, anything we'll do. <laughs> Even just send us a bill for, like, a copyright infringement notice. We just want to talk. <laughs> just email us a SpongeBob gif. <laughs> Oh, it's got to be Star Wars gifts. Star Wars gifts are nothing. So that's it for this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with us, if you'd like to send us a letter or a song that you've written or some sort of comedy gif, uh, why not uh, email us at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also leave us a favourite star review on iTunes. You can follow us on Spotify uh, when the episodes appear. Uh, you can leave us a comment on SoundCloud. Um yeah uh and if you're on any other service where our podcast shows up you can do the appropriate social interaction things there because otherwise you'll make the little baby jesus cry um where can they find your music roger uh first of all i want to say that um the weekly song podcast is on instagram so just follow at weekly song podcast we're also on facebook occasionally we do get silly on instagram like this week (laughs) Definitely, I, th- I think it's 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 a fun thing to do. It like it's a quite a fun little count, but also like we post our lyrics and like chord sheets from time to time when we um, remember. So, so that yeah, we remember. But we're, we're making an effort at the moment. Season ten, episode night four. We're making an effort, and we're posting that sort of thing. So that's kind of like a visual uh, counterpart to to the audio of the show. But as for me and my music, um, I'm making a solo album at the moment, and to follow mm. along with that, um, follow me on Instagram at Roger Heathers. Um, it's going to be called Swear Jar, and it's going to feature weekly songs from this show, um, as well as some others that aren't uh, in the format of the show. Um, follow Dullards and Pea Green Boats, which are two side projects I do. Um, and then you can buy my albums from rogerheathers.com or stream them on Spotify or Apple Music. And that's the most succinct way I've ever described that in my life, but it still took a while. How about you, Declan? Where can they find you, mate? Uh, you can find me, or my music more specifically, on uh, declankitchener.bandcamp.com, where I've got the uh, Captive Audience EP up there at the moment. Uh, you can also listen to that on Spotify if you prefer. Um 
Uh, if you search Declan Kitchener Music on Facebook or YouTube, you'll find some things there. Not many things, uh, but there are some. Uh, and Roger and I both have SoundCloud accounts. So if you go into Weekly Song Podcast following, you'll see both of us in there. Uh, and we've got various things up on that page. Um, I think that's about it for this week, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for listening. Um, I am now going to go and uh, cry myself to sleep in a corner um, after this emotional show uh, and try and figure out why, why, just why. All right, (laughs) see you next time. (laughs) Ta-ra. Ta-ra. So that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact uh, with us, why not send an email in to weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can send in uh, letters, songs that you've written. You could send in either SpongeBob or Star Wars gifts, whichever you prefer. Um, sorry, my brain just completely weren't then. I thought I'd lost uh, the signal again on the phone then for a sec. I'm just trying to remember how we do this every single time. You'd have thought after, what, 94 episodes? <laughs> yeah. This would have actually stuck in my head somewhat, seeing as this is my one responsibility on the show. Um, okay. So thank you very much for listening to this... Uh, so thank you very much for listening to the Weekly Song Podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us, why not send us an email at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can send us like letters, songs you've written. Uh, you can... That's Fuck's it. sake, body. <laughs> <laughs> Take four. <sighs> Stop laughing, you're putting me off. Sorry.